Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome back. We're grateful that you came back to join us for episode 11. This week, we're going to be talking about sanctification, and uh, Jordan did an amazing job with the sermon this week. And so we find ourselves in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to read real quick, 1 through 8 is kind of what we're going to jump off on or from for this podcast, dealing with basically holy living. Uh, Verse 1 says, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgresses and wrongs his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God, who gives us his Holy Spirit to you. So this week we're going to be talking about sanctification or holy living. So Jordan, where did you want to jump off when it comes to this uh, scripture and also kind of your sermon? Yeah, and the sermon uh, made the point that there are two types of sanctification. Uh, One is positional, and that's the fact that uh, if we are in Christ, we are sanctified, we are made holy in the sight of God. Um, And then there's also progressive sanctification. This is the ongoing uh, work of sanctification in our lives, which is a work done by the Spirit. So um, positional is something secured by Christ, and progressive is something, as we said, that is uh, ongoingly being applied by the Spirit. He's taking what's uh, most true about us um, and making it uh, come reality in our lives. And so we then asked, uh, what role do we play in our progressive sanctification? And we made the comment that the role we play is to abide. And so we're going to jump over to uh, John 15 and look a little more deeply at that passage. Uh, we spent a little bit of time uh, during the gathering on this, but we wanted to kind of hone in on it more uh, and make a few comments and also talk about what is it, you know, what does it look like to abide? How do we abide? It's pretty a common term that we know probably, but we might not know how or what it looks like or what it means. And so let's jump over there and uh, let's start in verse one and we will read up to verse 11. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me Let's, let's just uh, take a moment to talk about that. Like Jesus' preposition, every branch in me, it's, it's being in Christ and Christ being in us, as we'll get to in a second. Uh, but even back in 1 Thessalonians, uh, Paul urges them in the Lord Jesus. This mm-hmm. is a common, uh, we talked about 1 Corinthians one thirty in the sermon, that uh, he has put us in Christ. This is our uh, position as believers, that we are in Christ. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, being the Father. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, 
and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, which is like central to Jesus' mission. He wants his Father to be glorified. That by this, he's glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you. That's what Jesus is driving towards, and that your joy may be full. So as we talk about this passage, even just from a a reading of it, Steve, was there anything specific that stuck out to you as we kind of get into it? There is so much. So much. So much. This this scripture is one of my favorites. Uh, speaking about abiding in Christ, um, the immediate assumption is that um, we're drawing our sustenance from him and not ourselves. Hmm. Not that we're not supposed to feed ourselves or, you know, uh, be uh, mature followers of Jesus and make sure that we're growing in the faith and uh, maturing in Christ. Uh, but where you get your sustenance from will ultimately determine your state of health. Like if you think just and this kind of off the wall a little bit so you can rein me back in, but you think about what you're consuming as far as food. I think we talked about this beginning of our podcast, actually mm. going through uh, a certain place that has a couple arches on it to mm. get your fast food fix. Yes. Uh, if you were to uh, that be your regular diet, you know, three square meals a day, uh, you wouldn't be in the best condition. Uh, nutri- nutrient-wise and everything else, you, you would be uh, nutrient-deficient at that mm-hmm. point, right? Um, and yet, if you were to eat healthily and um, eat the things that God has created for us to eat in, in three days of, uh, or three times a day, you'd, you'd get more nutrition from that. And so when you think about uh, the fact that you're drawing nutrition from Christ uh, means that you know, you're drawing uh, there are very needs for your sustenance. Um, from him directly that and in the ultimate goal is joy which is really interesting mm-hmm. uh, what it means to be filled with Christ to the point where we're full of joy um, being the outflow of of that um, nutrient that we're getting from Christ uh, that being himself the other quick thought that I have so what is it that we're digesting I guess is the first question in my mind like mm-hmm. uh, all the things of the world or you know things that satisfy us for just a brief moment or are we truly um, in Christ and drawing from him uh, the depths that deal with the innermost part of our being um, would be kind of the, I, well, we'll just pause there. Do you have any thoughts about that? I'm kind of rambling at this point, but. Yeah, I think, you know, um, what what you consume is what you become. Mm-hmm. And so are we consuming Jesus? Are we remaining in him mm-hmm. in the words that he says? Uh, that's another way to say abide is re- remain in me, remain in my love, remain in my words, or rather let my words remain or abide in you. Like it's it's what, and are we consuming them? And are we are we feasting on all that is Christ for the believer by the Spirit and through the Word? Um, no, I think I think that's great. I think that's great. So, what's it mean to abide? I mean, as we're getting into this, I mean, like that's kind of your question. I think to start this, what does it mean to actually abide in Christ to be remain in Him? What does that ultimately mean? Yeah, I mean, Jesus uses that word uh, throughout these eleven verses quite a bit. And um, that word is the verb form of the word abode, 
uh, which is another word for home. And so to abide in Christ uh, means to make our home in him, uh, to remain in him, to have him be uh, the one that we are drawing life from, the one that we're looking to for our significance and, and all of that. Um, so abide means to remain in him, uh, to to stay in Jesus. Now, how do we do that? Um, the first thing I think of is spiritual disciplines. Um, this is prayer, uh, spending time in God's presence. Um, scripture reading, spending time reading his word, filling our minds with truth because um, a lot of this transformation comes from our hearts, and our hearts can't love what our minds don't know, and so we need to fill our minds with truth. Uh, this is things like fasting. That's a, that's a discipline we do with our body, which we often segregate from our understanding of how we grow spiritually, uh, but it ought not to be segregated. This is a, a form of a spiritual discipline and prayer that's used all throughout the Bible. Jesus fasted um, a lot. It, it's, it is very common all throughout church history as well. It's a way that we can grow. It's a way that we can abide. It's a way that we can uh, remain in the vine. Um, things like Sabbath and making sure we're getting our rest, making sure we're uh, walking in step with the rhythm that God set when he set the world in motion. Uh, six days work, one day rest. Um, so those are a couple thoughts I had just on how we abide. The first thing I think of is spiritual disciplines. It's uh, We have a lot of habits, right? There's a lot of things we do all throughout the day um, that are habitual at this point, like, and we don't even think about them. And I think one of the great things we can do ourselves as we do play a role in our progressive sanctification and, and the ongoing work of the Spirit's application in our lives um, and that work is abiding. As we do that, I think there's habits we can form um, that over time become like our other habits, things we don't even have to think about. Like we just go to the Word. We just go to prayer. We just go to these other things to remain and abide in Jesus. So those are just some of the first thoughts I had. Yeah, and uh, continuing with that, just communion. I think about mm-hmm. Sunday morning, we take communion every week, just reminding ourselves of the fact that Christ is in us and we are in Christ. And you break that word down, communion, to commune, which you kind of brought up to walk with God, mm-hmm. is to walk with God, be with him. I think relationally speaking, even uh, to abide, like uh, my wife and I abide in the same home, you know, mm-hmm. for a while our kids abode with us as well. What does that mean? It means living life together. It means being in the trenches together uh, through thick and thin and, and ultimately uh, the joy that is uh, present in that kind of relational abiding as well. Um, so I think of, a, of just kind of that um, reality, the fact that it, it's done together um, and to commune with God, to commune with one another, uh, reminds us of the of the relationship and the closeness that we have with the Father and with mm-hmm. others as well. Um, so that's what comes to my mind with, when it comes to abiding. And it means that, um, relationally speaking, like there are friends that I have that we see each other once every five years. We're not abiding together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're great friends. I love them. They love me. Uh, but we're not living life alongside of one another or with each other. And so abiding to me would mean um, alongside of and with, and in this case, Christ in us, the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and that beautiful gift that we have. So that means if I'm going to be close to a close friend of mine, I've talked to them frequently. I spend time with them. I dine with them. Uh, we have fun together. All those aspects of abiding with them means that we're doing life together with so I guess just thinking about what does it mean with us and God then? Like if we're just injecting God into like this brief moment every week for an hour or two, is that really abiding in God? Hmm. You know, is it really abiding with Christ? Or is it kind of like 
just kind of temporarily coming near him and then kind of wandering back off into the world with doing the things that we constantly do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so abiding also reminds me of redeeming. Um, like you said, the spiritual disciplines are definitely aspects of like recentering our heart and life, our mind, our will back towards Christ, uh, which are very needful, but also the uh, redemptive aspect, which we've talked about in the past of like what aspects do we need uh, God to redeem? Like we think of drives and walks and mm-hmm. shopping as just, things we do, but we can abide in Christ in those, and Christ can abide in us in his. And I don't want to go too far down that line because we hit that over and over again. Um, I think it's good, though. Yeah, but those yeah. are some thoughts I had about abiding. Is It has to be a tight relational thing. In this case, uh, you're grafted in to the vine, and so it's a permanent thing that mm-hmm. is occurring there until, unfortunately, you can be cut off. But we won't get into that whole part. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's interesting to know even in that that when Jesus says, abide in me, I'm, it's a commandment. And it's it's something that we are called to do. And I believe it's in the, uh, there's, there's voice when it comes to parsing out Greek, and there's active or passive. Mm-hmm. An active voice is um, usually indicating that it's something the subject does. Right. And so we are the subject in this. Passive voice is um, something that is done to or for the subject. And so... We think of Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty. Come to me, all who weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. That's mm-hmm. literally meaning like that's passive. That's right. We Jesus. I come to Jesus. Jesus rests me, <laughs> like He refreshes me. It's something He does to us. Mm-hmm. In this instance, in every instance where Jesus says, "Follow me," or whatever it may be, um, it is something we are to do. Mm-hmm. Um, following Jesus for His. A lot of a lot of times we talk about how it's it's not a list of do's and don'ts, and that's true because we're in a, that statement and the sentiment is trying to get more towards the heart of mm-hmm. why we do these things. We abide because we have been saved. Mm-hmm. We abide, and I think we touched on this a bit in the sermon, but we abide because we are positionally sanctified. I'm like God has already done the work to make me holy, and now the Spirit of God is taking that and applying to my heart. And I am, um, I think about, it, it's called the doctrine of compatibility. Like I'm working alongside God mm. in that, and I'm offering my life to him. Um, and he, and we can get into this now, I think a little bit, but the, the pruning aspect of that, mm-hmm. um, you think about cutting a, cutting branches off of a tree so it can, uh, so the other ones can grow and become stronger and things like that, like pruning for us sometimes is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you had a couple comments on that you wanted to make as well. Well, yeah, I think um, he talks about the different pruning process. Like some is not bearing any fruit, so he cuts them off. That's for mm-hmm. our, that's obvious. Like, yeah, Lord, that's not bearing anything. It makes sense. Another aspect is he bears some that are bearing some fruit or much or uh, good fruit. And it's confusing when he cuts those off because sometimes we think to ourselves, why is he cutting off something that actually is bearing good fruit? This doesn't make sense to me. Um, but he's, he literally goes on to say he does so so that, that uh, we can bear much fruit. And so sometimes there's aspects of our life and sanctification, even that God's cutting things away from us that are sometimes really obvious why they need to go. Other times it's kind of like, well, I kind of enjoyed that or it seemed good to me. Um, and yet God is just kind of repurposing our uh, life for something even uh, more beneficial for his kingdom in his name's sake. So we can bear much fruit uh, in another aspect of the kingdom. So that process is is confusing at times, I think, 
Uh, I have a hard time understanding why certain things and certain aspects of my life change or shift <laughs> when I'm enjoying it. And God's <laughs> going, yeah, maybe you're enjoying it too much or it's bearing good fruit, but the, I, this is where I need you right now. I mm-hmm. need you to be do, focusing in on this. So I'm cutting this out of your life, whether it's a relational, uh, a relationship, or it can even be aspects of uh, job or just a lot of different things. I think that God can, can prune from us uh, because sometimes I think we can lean into them like for success, mm-hmm. even like, Hey, I'm really good at this. And they're like, yes, you are really good at this, Yeah. but I'm also noticing you're doing it for your own name or whatever it may right. be. You're finding um, your identity in it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas your identity should be established in Christ. Right. Um, so yeah, no, that's a couple of thoughts I had just in regards to that. The other thing that came to mind is verse seven. Um, and if you have something to speak into this, we can in just a second, but he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Um, the first word is if. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to make, like you said about the spiritual disciplines, we have to make space and room for the sanctification process. You know, we think we can outrun God sometimes, or I don't know what it is that we think. Um, but the bottom line is that we have responsibility to take in this. Um, we have to choose to abide mm-hmm. in him. Not to say, not salvifically, like right. save today, maybe not tomorrow, not that at all. Uh, but to abide like in a fruitful manner, like to rest in him, that's a choice. That's a choice that we make is to rest in Christ or find our meaning in Christ. Um, and it's a, for me at least, it's, I'm grateful that at, at our church we do have communion every week because it's kind of a reset for me every week to remind myself that I have to abide in Christ and Christ has to abide in me. I need this. Um, and if I don't rest in him, if I don't uh, reevaluate my life in him, then there's, if I don't do it frequently, there's a chance that I'm going to pursue my own thing. Uh, that's just innately in us, I think, is in the human part of us. Uh, but I have to choose to abide in Christ, to remain in Him, to rest in Him, to find my meaning and identity in Him. Um, so that word if, I have it circled <laughs> because I, I need to be reminded that I have to choose to do this. Like it's the most benefit for me uh, to slow down, like you said, put spiritual disciplines into place, remind myself of Jesus and his mission for me um, and his salvation he's gifted me and to rest in that. So that's a couple of thoughts I guess I had just real quick, but mm-hmm. what were you thinking? Yeah, I think uh, I like how you phrase it. It is a choice. Mm-hmm. And the degree to which we act on that choice, I believe is the degree to which abiding is important to mm-hmm. us. Um, and that's kind of heavy, but I mean, I see it even in my own life when, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to bed and I'm like, man, it'd be nice to, to read a little bit or spend some time in prayer. And I'm like, ah, but I'm too tired, you know, like, and God loves rest. So I'm just going to get rest. And then 20 minutes later, I'm on my phone mm. and it like that, that's like a very recent experience in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, in that moment, it's like, I didn't think I had time or energy to read the Bible or just commune with Jesus, which is at the heart of any spiritual discipline. Every spiritual discipline is a means to that end of mm-hmm. communion with God. But I chose the lesser. I chose the McDonald's instead of the uh, nice New York strip steak. We're already back there, aren't we? We're already back All there. All right. But it just it just was kind of like, wow. It was convicting to me because yeah. I, I was like, oh, I don't have enough time to be with Jesus, but I have enough time to be on my phone. Mm playing a game or reading an article or doing something um, that's not furthering my relationship with God. It's not necessarily bad. It's neutral, but it's a choice I made. And in that moment, I prioritize that. And it's just, I think 
in the, a lot of the conversations I have, um, it's like, you know, I'm, man, I'm just so exhausted. I don't have time to do this or do that. Or, and it's like, life is busy <laughs> in, in whatever stage you're in. Life can be very busy. Life can be very exhausting. Um, but a heart check for me is like, if I'm saying I don't have time for this, I should probably check the screen time on my phone hmm. and see, well, if I don't have time for this, but I have X amount of hours to spend browsing this website or something. It's just like, to me, it's, it's indicative of what my priorities are. And in those moments and when that time outweighs my time spent with Jesus, um, that's, I prioritize that more than him. There was some recent research done um, by Barna. There's a book called Faith for Exiles. Really good. Lots of statistics on uh, discipleship in America and, and all that. I won't get into it. But one of the points that was uh, fascinating to me is the rate at which we consume content, like, again, going back to input, like we talked about at the beginning, what are we consuming? Mm-hmm. The rate at which uh, specifically millennials and Gen Zers consume content that's not Christian compared to the amount of content they consume is Christian. And you kind of made the point a couple of minutes ago that, you know, abiding in Christ, it's, it's not necessarily going to happen just for one or two hours on a Sunday morning. Like, it's a choice we have to make in our individual lives. Mm-hmm. And the the comparison was like, I can't remember the exact statistics, but it was like 40 hours a week compared to two hours. So 40 hours of other content, whether it be movies, TV shows, video games, other stuff we're consuming, that's not uh, furthering our relationship with Jesus. And then like one to two hours of content consumed. And like that ratio is just not going to hold up and it's indicative of our priorities. Hmm. Super convicting. Thanks a lot, Jordan. Now I feel like Me too. I, yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of growth to do. This is good. This is really helpful because as as I was rereading, uh, and I wasn't ignoring you because I, what you were saying was definitely hitting me between the eyes and thinking about maybe turning back on the app that says how many hours I spend on the phone. It'll probably really convict the <laughs> snot out of me. Uh, but it, uh, that last part um, with what we read out of John 15, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that mm-hmm. your joy may be full. Like I'm just sitting here thinking, man, where do I turn for this joy when I when I turn off? How, how do I put this? When I neglect Christ in me and I in Christ, like when I'm advancing towards other stuff to try to find that joy um, and how unfulfilling it is. And that's why we have to put in those extra hours for it because hmm. it doesn't feel very long. It just it doesn't have the sustenance that even having a conversation uh, with a strong uh, brother or sister in Christ can have mm-hmm. um, just is more filling than than what we have. I'm just just as we're thinking, like like all the things that the world is doing to distract us, which we've talked about already in the past. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to overdo that, but um, how easy it is to distract ourselves and get busy with stuff that just is just so empty, so, so empty uh, versus the sustenance that can come from Christ. Um, in conversation, and it's interesting when you think about like Christian and non-Christian. What is that? What does that even mean? You know, how does God sanctify your work? How does God sanctify your play? How does God sanctify sure. and redeem? You know, your relationships and your hobbies, and like we garden quite a bit. I'm tired right now from gardening, but I'm looking forward to the fruit mm-hmm. of that. And I know we have weeding to do, and a long time to wait for it. There's um, sanctification. There is. Yeah, yeah. It's all through that. You know, pulling image. the weeds and. You know, getting rid of the stuff that's going to take away the sustenance of the plant that you're trying to, you know, hopefully will bear fruit. And it's it can be work, uh, but it's also intentional. Like if I just go off and neglect the the garden for a few months, 
I'm going to come back to fruit, but it probably isn't the fruit I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. It's probably the fruit from the weeds Mm -hmm. and it's going to bear a lot of seed and I'm going to have a way harder time later. And I think we kind of do that throughout the week. Like we have this moment with Jesus and it's intense and we are grateful for it. And then we neglect the garden for the rest of the week. And then we come back expecting to be able to harvest fruit from our lives. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, oh, crud, there's a lot of weeds I got to pull again. So, you know, it's almost like insanity. Like, why do we continue to do that when God is calling us to a relationship with him and others every minute of every day, especially with him? And then what are we allowing to just be the weeds? And then the problem is, is that we've, I I will speak for myself. I pour fertilizer on the weeds. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yep. I'm pouring fertilizer on the weeds throughout the week. Like with what I'm watching, what I'm digesting, what I'm thinking about, it's not helpful. It's, I mean, it's entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's like pouring fertilizer on the weeds. And then I expect the fruit of the Lord, but it's the opposite. And so like the spiritual disciplines you bring up, those are like fertilizer for a relationship with God and others, you mm-hmm. know, and growing better fruits and um, being mindful, being grafted. We're grafted into Christ. That's our position. Mm-hmm. Uh, the progressive part is, you know, abiding in him mm-hmm. and continuing to get sustenance from him, allowing him to prune us and all those things. So just some thoughts I've been having, just some conviction as you were talking about the things that um, pull me away from getting mm-hmm. what I really need. And um, and then the interesting thing is we get into a point then in life when things are going sideways and we're like desperate, we're like desperate for, you know, whatever God can do to, in us in that moment, uh, which in some cases could have been avoided hmm. had I abided in Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, and so maybe that rhythm of life being more uh, secure and and more close as I walk with Christ and He mm-hmm. and me. So those those are some thoughts. You just convicted the snot out of me. Thanks, Jordan. Sorry, but no, I say that it's in truth. In truth, I you know we need to be reminding one another of this. It's it's good. It's good. So any other thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, I think all that's great. Um, I think when Jesus, you know, when He says abide in Me. <clears throat> the reality is we're all abiding in something. That's true. Um, and you just, you said it all, you know, what is it you're abiding in mm-hmm. and whatever you're abiding in is going to produce some type of fruit and it's going to, what you abide in is what you give the most of your time and attention to. And that is going to bear fruit because mm-hmm. we become like what we give our attention to. Mm-hmm. And that ought to be, and I say this as to myself, that ought to be increasingly more and more God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. time spent in prayer and communion with him through the disciplines. And I like what you said about rhythm of life, you know, in a situation where um, it wasn't something that could have been avoided when like a crisis hits, um, having our rhythm of life so habitual at that point that it's literally what carries us, like the spirit through our rhythms carry us through the seasons of suffering. Um, is is the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that the world, we complain as Christians saying basically, um, you know, I'll, why do we take communion every week? Does it just become you know, like this empty habit? I'm like, no. <laughs> for me, it's like the polar opposite. And the interesting thing is, is you have other habits of the world that you're doing every single week and you mm-hmm. seem to keep going back to them and filling yourself up with them. So why why do we get to, get to that point where we say these kinds of things is beyond me? Mm. It's almost like the enemy like plants those seeds of boredom or into that, but then we do the same thing in the world. Like we find the habits to do, 
and uh, we enjoy them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to me how the enemy has taken some of those thoughts and, and kind of skewed them. Whereas like, it should be the opposite. It should be like, no, it isn't. It's, it, it is a habit. It's habitual, but it isn't negative. It's like life giving mm-hmm. and it's fruit bearing mm-hmm. and it's reflective. And so, yeah, just some, some other thoughts I'm having. So it's like a, it's like a trellis to a vine. Yep. It's what supports and sustains yeah. the growth and sends the growth in the right direction. You know, you just, you leave a vine on the ground, it's going to get attacked by nature. It's going to be hurt by something and it's going to get twisted up in weeds. But what is a trellis? Something to support the growth, like our lives and the rhythms of our lives and the disciplines we subject ourselves to for the spirit to work in us are like a trellis for our sanctification. That's good. And his work in us. So. And the picture is it's getting closer to the sun and closer mm-hmm. to, I mean, it's just good stuff there. Uh, that's preachable right there. You can take that next time. Mm. So good stuff. Well, any other closing thoughts? That's a good place, I think, to end here. Yeah, yeah. God wants to invite us. I mean, he's inviting us into his presence by saying, abide in me. And over time, we will grow to see that that's the greatest invitation we could ever receive. And we complicate it. Don't complicate it. <laughs> Yep. Just spend time with him. Yep. That's good. So thank you for joining us this week. Pray that it's been a blessing to you. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings.